You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of State of Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Bellatori. Same corner, same time. Glad to be with you gents this evening. How y'all feeling, man? How good? Oh, let me get mine out of the way. I didn't have a big weekend like Dan. Just uh, yeah, yeah, get you out. out of the way, man. Hung out, watching baseball. Um, Wholesome. Didn't pick, didn't pick fights with alleged billionaires. Didn't. Right. Wasn't 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 putting money on red or black or, or rolling dice. Mm. So uh just a nice wholesome weekend for me. Wholesome, man. You you wasn't in Vegas either, man. Damn, yeah. what did it do, man? Get- yeah, Nick and I had the exact opposite of a weekend. Um mm. I was picking fights with billionaires on Twitter. Uh I was in Las Vegas. Alleged, alleged billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in his sued. mind, right? Yeah. In his mind and all of his fan base. Uh, is mine, so be inaccurate, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, there, there's weird fans in every fan base, but that Miami fan base might be the weirdest. I think that they've eclipsed like Tennessee and Georgia oh, and some of the far. other weird ones that I've by seen. But, man, by I far. saw some some of the interesting corners of the internet uh, during my interactions with Mr. Ruiz. Well, we can talk a little bit about that. Not, well, not too much. Him, a few grown men called him dad. That's why we called him Papa Ruiz. Yeah, yeah. Now. They Papa was Ruiz, him dad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's oh, getting yeah. weird that's, down there, man. That's Poppy Ruiz to you. That's not to me, not to me. And I let him know. <laughs> yeah, I let him okay. know that I will. I will never be referring him to. And, and I'm not sure that that uh, Miami will be referring to him uh, much longer in that regard. But but we'll we can talk a little bit more about that. But but gentlemen had an outstanding weekend in Las Vegas. Stayed mm. at the uh, the new Resorts World. So I, I was a little confused, right? So I had heard of Resorts World. They've got a big spot. I think it's in Malaysia or Singapore, uh, but they just built a new facility, a new spot uh, in Las Vegas. It's uh, a little bit up on the strip. It's near uh, the wind and the encore and all that, but got, just got finished last October, I think. Uh, really, really cool spot. Um, I was there for one of my best friend's weddings, uh, which was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. So congratulations to Nick and Sydney. Um, and then got the, uh, the chance to go see uh, DJ Zed, uh at uh, at the nightclub there i uh, had a had a great time uh we had a nice little table service over there with beautiful vibes beautiful vibes uh travis scott came out during the middle of that so that was a uh a nice little uh, additional did you feel treat. safe did you feel Not, unsafe no i'll be honest with you there was definitely a, a very raucous crowd i was showing you guys some videos right before we started yeah. with that crowd you know the dj crowd there they're jumping up and down they're putting their hands around but um when Travis Scott came out, that place was electric, to say the least. Um, he was walking up and down the DJ booth, the top of that, for, I don't know, probably five, six songs. You know, didn't overstay his welcome, kept the crowd uh, rocking and rolling, but uh, he's a hell of a it. performer, man. He's I think getting he, back at it. After all the lawsuits and everything cooking, he's getting back at it. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I think it's good to see. <laughs> yeah, so he was there, uh, ran in, not physically, but saw Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. They were uh, He had performed Friday night at the nightclub, and then he was playing – uh, five thousand, I think, dollar hands of blackjack after the game. Just him and Megan Fox, uh, just at uh, at a private table. So that was uh, right in the middle of the uh, the casino floor, though. So I was surprised they didn't move over to one of the high roller areas. Uh, but right there, but uh, Tyron Lou was there. We shared an elevator, which was neat. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was there. So beautiful vibes in the city. I nice. uh, had a blast. 
uh, for all intents and purposes, just a incredible weekend. Uh, and then to, uh, to pick a fight with John Ruiz to watch him, you know, try to bring up the idea of debating me on the merits of MSP recovery and life wallet to him saying that I lied uh, and that he no longer was interested in debating me because I didn't respond to his assistant with an affirmative. Yes, she could reach out to me on Tuesday. He said, I told the internet that I was ducking him and uh, that he uh, no longer respected my integrity. So it was really a, a wild uh, couple of days uh, in Dan Thompson's social life. <sighs> and people know how to be rich. Life. Nick, these people know how to be rich. If he that rich and he got time to be, to be fraternizing with Dan about shit like this, I, 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 <laughs> give me the money. I'll show you how Pretty to be much. rich, bro. I would not be arguing with you about uh, an app that doesn't work and, and the app, a, a new app I'm trying to make to cover up the app that don't work. I threw I threw open the bird app and it's like eight thirty yeah. and I see John Ruiz fired like four tweets off. I'm like, my God, Dan Dan might before he, be before he brushed his teeth. So, Dan might be going to sleep right now. He was in yeah. bed. Um, he's in yeah. Vegas. It's <laughs> so a three hour right. time difference. I'm like Nick, Nick, I'll be honest with you. Um my parents don't know, so this will be the first time that they heard. We went to bed around four fifteen on Sunday nice. morning. Um, Not after, Vegas, baby. After the show. So that's seven fifteen. Um East Coast time, right? Uh-huh. I didn't check Twitter, right? That's just not what I'm doing at, at four in the morning uh, after leaving a nightclub. I got a, a text message from from Todd Pittenger at like eight thirty nine in the morning uh, about something completely unrelated. He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, nice tweet with John Ruiz." I'm like, "I'm kind of confused." So I open up the old Bird app. I'm you know with about three hours of sleep. And I see that John Ruiz at 5.15 in the morning has Dan Thompson on his mind, uh, which as if I'm a billionaire, I can assure you that somebody that I've never met. Your lives would be different. I'd three, be in Vegas. 300 miles away would not be You'd the be first You'd be hearing thing, about me and uh, Machine Gun Kelly both at that table uh, doing $5,000 <laughs> hands. That's what the story would have been. It would have been two, two different stories. I must have struck a nerve because he has an app with no downloads. He's got some real <laughs> issues with this SPAC valuation. Um, and he's got he's got two big days till some other financial uh, information is released by the SEC. So we're going to be waiting on pins and needles, but I think we got him uh, – We've got him worried. We've got him nervous, Corey. Don't worry. These tweets won't stop. I've muted the uh, the annoying Miami fans that uh, just kind of are incessantly there, but I'm ready to go to battle. This ain't yeah, over. I'm here with you, man. I'm here to, I'm here to watch, bro. It's been, it's been hilarious and quite the entertainment of the offseason, man. But do want to uh, congratulate Marco Ortiz, Florida Gators long snapper that ended up with a uh, a proposed uh, supposedly. I thought uh, I was a king troll. A, you trolled a uh, guy yeah. into paying out a long snapper. I got to step my game up, man. Yeah. What? That, um, I don't know if I don't know if you're supposed to get That's a cut of Marco Ortiz's nil deal. I feel like um, I acted like an agent there, Nick. I feel like I'm entitled to something. Yeah. Um, how good does that feel? Um, when you fire off a tweet, sometimes I fire off a tweet and it's like, it might be up for three seconds before I've already muted the replies. Mm. Yep. That's going to cause some problems. Mute, just walk out of the room. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of my favorite features on Twitter. I don't think a lot of people use a lot of people resort to the block button. I just resort to the mute button because then they're just debating, you know, in them, their own mentions and with themselves. Right. So they think that I see all of it and obviously you can go back and take a look, but uh, there's a lot of tweets that you just fire off and then just mute right after. But um, I was super excited for Marco Ortiz to get some NIL money, no matter what the cause is. And I think that this is important. 
no matter who's paying you, as long as it's legal, um, go get your bag, whoever it's from, as long as it's a company that you feel is ethical and everything else, go get your bag. So I'm glad that Marco Ortiz is going to have some additional spending money in his pocket. You're right. You know, long snappers aren't usually the ones getting the NIL deal. So congratulations to Marco Ortiz. And uh, I don't know what game, you know, John Ruiz is trying to play by giving Florida Gator players money to stay at their school. But, you know, if he's wanting to part with his money frivolously, then part with your way money frivolously. I don't know what point he was trying to prove, but uh, John Ruiz, you did not prove it. <laughs> Congratulations. Explain <laughs> you, yourself. You didn't prove speaking anything. Of, speaking of point to prove, is MGK playing $5,000 hands in the middle of the casino? Like, that's that's on purpose. Like, you could, you could go – Anywhere you want. You can be in the high roller yeah. room. Yeah. They can give you a whole yeah. different room. They yeah. want it to be seen. For sure. I have no doubt about it. Um, you know, he was at a table. It's just the two of them with security flanking them. Sure. They did allow people to watch. So certainly there's a, um, you know, desire for people to know that you're there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a machine gun, Kelly. It's two in the morning. Right. You're whatever. So like, you're whatever. You're whatever Eminem didn't murder. Uh, just hanging out. And I can assure you that there are very private places to be at that hotel or any hotel. You chose to be right in the middle of the floor. Uh, so, yeah, they probably wanted to be seen. Um, but, heck, you're an entertainer, right? Word up. Probably like the attention. So, that was like a great um, weekend, man. So, how was your weekend? Oh, man, I just did some, some yoga and kush. That's it, man. Okay. Nothing exciting, bro. Just meditated. Uh that's it. Went to the ocean a few times. Nothing big, nothing major. Work, man. That's about it, man. Nothing, nothing, up- nothing exciting, man. I, I can't, I can't one up that, bro. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I gotta get a few you. more bags, and I could probably, you know, what I'm saying, have weekends like Dan. Right now, I can't have those weekends, but soon, soon come. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of good stuff. Just from talking to you before the show, coming with uh, the Kush House. They roll up network. Stay tuned for some updates there. Uh, we got a lot of exciting stuff happening. Uh, but let's get on to the podcast. We are welcoming uh, Florida Gators pitcher Nick Pogue to the show a little bit later. Uh, but before we do that, we do want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, uh, Alan Horn, also former Florida Gator baseball player. Uh, Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance located in Jasper, Georgia. So if you need auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, boat insurance, retirement planning in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, or Alabama. Give Alan a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at Alan Horn, H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com. Again, Alan Horn, insurance.com, 706-692-2888 in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. Let's get started. Uh, Gentlemen, today the Gators grabbed a commitment uh, from – an offensive lineman while I pull up all of his details. Gators grabbed, oh, geez, uh, Bryce Levitt, uh, offensive lineman, three-star, uh, a guy that we had mentioned last week was going to be announcing his commitment this week. Six foot five, uh, 325 pounds from Rockledge uh, High School, um, committed to Florida over Missouri, Iowa State, and Louisville. Uh, has visited the University of Florida multiple times. Uh, this was not a surprise. Uh, he is the Gators' fifth commitment. Uh, into this class. Nick, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Gators' new edition of Bryce Lovett. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a the, the portion of the fan base that will get mad because it's not a, a, a five-star, uh, it's a three-star, but um, yeah, Sam Pittman in Arkansas had a lot of interest. So mm. There's sometimes like if, if, if like a Sam Pittman likes an offensive lineman, 
hey, that's a that's a good enough evaluation for me. You know, if um, if, if Will Muschamp likes the safety or a cornerback, I'm like, hey, that's probably like I can probably play some football for sure. Your offers and, and, and offers just matter. Uh, I was Nick kind of I'm right right along the same take as Nick, man. Uh, once I seen Pitt, the Pittman offer, and I don't think his offers are are terrible offers, anyways. Uh, not a whole lot of SEC offers, but um, the Pittman offer solidified a lot of the things. Uh, guys, we we just need big guys that could do that can move like he moved. I like his film. I don't think it's anything great, but um, I think it's good, and I see the potential in it. And like you said, Pittman, it's a, it's a Pittman take. If it's a Pittman take, I'm fine with it. Um, this O line class is, is shaping up to be to be to be a good one. Um, I'm not mad at none of the takes right now in the trenches. Um, they, they they're bulking up pretty good, and I think they got one more um, that they should be trying to get in the next couple of months um, to, to to get us a nice foundation of uh, offensive linemen. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see him. He's obviously got good size. Um, you know, he's a guy that you know. I think I think I read uh, that he was ranked 67th. Uh, as in uh, the 67th best interior lineman um, from on three. Um, obviously a guy that we're still his entire senior year hmm. away and, and every camp that he might do during the off season uh, as well. He's a big guy, um, you know, six foot five, 325 uh, is not, uh, you know, not slim. He's not a guy that's going to really have to put on any weight. You probably lose some, some bad weight and put on, you know, some better weight, but you know, good size. Um, you know, you said, like, are we, or do we view him as an offensive guard or offensive tackle? Um, offensive guard. Okay. At least that's where they have him ranked. I don't know if he's talked to Florida. Um, I guess the prize is depending. I, I, I read an article from somewhere else that said offensive tackle, so I was just curious. Um, I, some article I read it said Florida viewed him as an offensive no, tackle. No, you're you are right. Yeah, so um, he's ranked as an interior offensive lineman, but uh, he does say that Rob Sale has him suiting up as an offensive tackle. So I guess we'll see. But I mean, regardless, you know, great size. Um, you know, at the offensive tackle position, he'll probably, you know, shed a few of those pounds. Um, I know that there's a little bit concern about technique. I, I think that that's something that you're going to see with a lot of guys, especially at your not huge high schools, uh, you know, where they can, you know, body a lot of people to the ground. Six five, still- three thirty. I think that's, that's, he's huge. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be, I don't know, bro. Like guard would be hard for him to be pulling and, and whatnot. That's why I immediately when I seen the size, I thought tackle as well. Um, Nick. Real Remember quick. when Trenton Brown got here? Mm. Right, right. And they tried to put <laughs> they put him in guard. I'm like, he is right. He's it's too it, big. That, correct. I'm like, that, that, I don't think that's like Treon's his quarterback. Treon can't see. Treon's looking at the back, the, <laughs> the bottom of his numbers. He can't play guard. Yeah. So um, it'll, go ahead. six five three thirty. Like that's like I said. I think I said last week. Like these these guys, Stapleton and Sale, they got to type. Um, if you're going to play offensive line for them, you're going to be a, a, a large human being. I prefer the bigger guy. I don't like the having to bulk the guys up. Like yeah. it just takes to me. It's just a process, man. I like the, what we had to do with Ethan White and the guys that we've gotten in the past have to lose weight. I prefer that over having to bulk up or a basketball player to offensive tackle. Getting the Xavier Nixon, who's like six six, two forty five. Right, and okay, then by the time by the time he's good, he's going to the pros, right? And it's like <laughs> oh, we got one good year out of these guys, and then they're going off to the league. I feel like we did that. Three Humphreys or four did, years, yeah. yeah. Humphreys did the same thing. Like all those guys were slim tackles that came in real lean, 
And by the time they got good, we got one good year out of them, and then they go into the pros to be first round drafting. We all confused why they went first round. Like what? <laughs> and then they go on to be all pros and everything else. Um, yeah, give me the give me the big guys like this. Uh, we we got some opportunities at some higher rank offensive linemen. We'll mm-hmm. take our shot and we'll see how they continue to recruit. Um, there's some good buzz out there on the trail, liking what I'm hearing. Um, we just gotta get to the decision dates. What else we got? Here, here's reference for that. So DJ Humphreys, his um, high school profile, 6'5", 265. So this kid is what, 70 pounds heavier? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I, it's like, that's a Megan Fox. He's a whole Megan Fox heavier. <laughs> that's yeah, why. I, and I'm pretty sure different. like that smaller size is why DJ Humphreys had better technique and all that because he's like – He's lighter, he's better athlete, playing mm-hmm. different sports. So of course he was a better uh like they, they projected him higher uh, because of his ceiling and his uh capabilities once he put the size on and whatnot. But we deep diving way too much into that weight at this yeah. point. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see. I mean, obviously we've got a a whole uh year before uh the gentleman enrolls at the University of Florida. Um in some other news, we'll we'll obviously talk a lot more about uh, the current team, but uh Dan Mullen is going to be heading back to the high school ranks. Um, so I know with 100 Sanford, the uh, Georgia Bulldogs podcast, uh, Graham Coffey, who is one of the hosts there, uh, had announced that Dan Mullen was going to be taking a role with, let me just make sure that I get this right, Lake Oconee Academy uh, in Greene County, Georgia. Um, that got refuted by a lot of people. A lot of people started dunking on him uh, for being wrong and saying Dan Mullen would not be going back to the high school ranks. Well, it comes out today that uh, the school confirmed to the Lake Oconee News that Dan Mullen will be a contributing resource to the Lake Oconee Academy football program. How much of a contributing resource do you all think that Dan Mullen will be? And what are your thoughts? Do they need Dark Vader masks? <laughs> it, um, his son Cannon's a really good young golfer. They have a really good golf program and they have a lake house there. So he is a contributing factor in the sense that I'm not coaching football. I'm going to be around because I'm just collecting checks from, from Scott Strickland and the Gators. Mm-hmm. Don't have much else to do other than make sure that wire hits when it needs to. Um, so, yeah, I'll go out and watch some some practice. I think I think the initial report was that he was going to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and that's when, that's when people are like, man, that's a that's a fall. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this makes much more sense. You're, you're sending your kid to uh, a, a nice charter school that has a great golf program. Your son is uh, a really good youth golfer. Um, and, hey, if they want me to right. drop some First ball drive. plays – yeah, a, 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 a yeah, first script. That first drive, yeah, script, right? Script that first drive for him, Dan. <laughs> script you know, the first drive. You can script the first drive and just text it from like the, the Then clock out. Drive. That's his bag. Boom. Script the first drive, then clock out. <laughs> and then he can still be there on that lake house. He can do, still do his uh, right. wake surfing. You know, Dan's like, what do you mean you can't recruit? <laughs> there's, there's a football job where I'm not allowed to recruit? <laughs> yeah, yes, I'll take it. I'll do it for free. <laughs> So uh, Dan Mullen will be there. I would imagine that we'll probably see him in some sort of TV capacity. You guys think so as well? I didn't catch too much of him. Um, I don't think he want to work like that right now. It feels like he yeah. want to vibe in vacation, man. That's what he look. He didn't go looking for another job. He's been on vacation all over the ground. 
he's been vibing, bro. I don't think he's looking to work. I think he's looking to chill right now. Uh, even like TV wise, more in common. Me and Dan Malone have more in common than I think I ever knew. Yeah, yeah. Both don't like, you both don't like Florida to work football. Huh? <laughs> you both try to sabotage Florida football. Uh, except he's the one who had the power to. <laughs> That's crazy. So Dan Mullen, high school football coach. High school, really coach high school contributor. Yeah. He's, well, high like, school what is that football title? coach Dan Mullen. All right. So commit to the job. In other, um, <laughs> in other Florida Gators news, uh, from the transfer portal, the Gators basketball program landed Kyle Lofton, uh, who's a senior uh, graduate transfer guard from St. Bonaventure. Uh, he was all Atlantic 10 uh, the past three seasons, uh, started 116 games over four years with 1,613 points. Uh, he had 604 assists. I know a lot of people are excited about him uh, as six foot three for the size that he'll bring. I know Florida has traditionally had uh, guards that were, you know, more in the, you know, six foot six one range. So definitely bringing some size uh, to the position uh, on three, had him ranked as the 27th uh, best player in the transfer portal in basketball. Uh, so that's a great get. Uh, and I believe the fourth of the Todd golden era, uh, which, you know, he had the responsibility of rebuilding and re-architecting an entire team, uh, and it looks like he's done so. So, uh, Nick, um, any thoughts on um, on the transfer? Um, I, I don't know too much about him, Zach. Zach was doing that while I was doing basketball um, or baseball. Um, but I think it's – I was asking – I was talking to somebody about it, and, and we talked about the transfer portal and everything it's done in – in football, but when you think about like roster sizes in basketball, I think you're getting to the point where like you might have it's starting to look like uh like professional teams. Mm. Like you're getting mm-hmm. seven new guys uh, on a 15 man, 14 man roster, seven new guys a year. Um, but I think it gives an opportunity for first year coaches like like a Todd Golden to come in and say, "Hey, totally, totally revamp." wash start clean and, and build a whole new roster Where in the past it might take you three years mm-hmm. to kind of get your guys in silk any additional thoughts no it's looking at that pitch no i'm good <laughs> all right in other news yeah i guess just to, to finish that up the addition of kyle lofton um at number 27 adds to will richard uh, who was the 33rd ranked. He transferred from Belmont. Uh, so Gators grabbed two of the top 33 transfers under Todd Golden's first year. So welcome to Gainesville, Kyle Lofton. I know a lot of people are very high on him. Uh, Todd Golden cooking, man. Shout out to Todd Golden, man. You can recruit, bro. We'll see if you can coach a little bit. But right now you're doing what you got to do on the trail, man. Get some talent in here. Give us the opportunity to get to the tournament. I like it. And if you listen to State even get long enough, you might be hearing his voice in the not too distant future. Just a, a little tease. Oh, he's there. really starting off on a good note, then. He's gonna be all right if you come on here. Hey, he's not gonna be uh, subject to the uh, stadium gale curse. You don't come on the show, you don't last very long. Um let's see. In other news, this story came out and, and kind of hit the Twitter webs last week. Uh Zach Albaverdi wrote an article uh on it, but uh in Pensacola last week, um Billy Napier announced that the Florida Gators will be wearing black uniforms. It's something that we talked about 
it's starting in 2023. Uh, and this is going to um, impact those that are uh, on the line of, or in the line of duty. Pardon me. So uh, Billy Napier said, we've got people in this country that go to work every day and their life's on the line. And I've got tremendous respect to or for that. Pardon me. Um, we are going to doing the 2023 season. This will be a bit of a tradition. We'll do it one time a year. It'll be the next, the last home game. And it will always be around veterans day. Uh, that part of the year for military appreciation. Uh, we're going to do it as a deliberate opportunity to educate the players and really make a different, make a big deal about the branches of our military. Sorry, I can't read today. Uh, we're going to take these black jerseys every year and we're going to auction some of those off. We're going to take that money. We're going to give it to families of people in the military that were wounded or maybe had some type of setback. So Gators are finally bringing in uh, the black uniforms. I know it's something that Dan Mullen talked about, never any details really after that first Gator uh, stop that he had back in, I believe, 2018 where he said that. Uh, but the Gators will be bringing on black uniforms soon. In that, um, they did that same thing um, at UL as well. They wore black uniforms and um, and then auctioned them off and, and donated the proceeds as well. So cool, cool thing. Um, that's a... Like a that's an that's a black and white issue. It seems like with Gator fans, like there's no Gator fan that's like, oh yeah, I guess that'll be okay. You've got like the section of the fan base that hates it, mm -hmm. um, and then everyone else that loves it. Um, I think even I think you might even get some of those you know people that hate it uh, over on your side just because of the cause you're adding to it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see. I know that there's been a lot of designs of what a Gator's black jersey might look like. I hope it incorporates a little oh, bit. <laughs> more blue than than orange but uh i like the black markups that i've seen on the internet where it's not no, a marco lot. one is the one that i like right okay right. yeah yeah that's yeah. the one that i like yeah i think i think that one's clean um got a whole nother year if we wait for it some people gonna like it some people gonna hate it that's just what it is man not a big deal don't lose no sleep about it but i'm excited to see the black jerseys man it's gonna look sweet what do you think those swamp greens would have fetched at an auction house Hopefully, less, they, less, less than the black jerseys. Hopefully, they was on the same boat that uh, that that with the shark and McAwain and all them, and he just fell off the side of that boat. Those jerseys <laughs> just fell off. We will, we will definitely see definitely a, a, a lot about liking those, man. I'm embarrassed about lying about liking those ugly jerseys. You, you wait, you you said you like them in in real time. Yeah, for like two days, and I was just like, all right, yeah, I lied. <laughs> I think it was just too much. I think in a vacuum, like the 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 helmet, jersey, pant, shoe combo, like was just way too much, right? I think that you could have been maybe a little bit more subdued with that, but uh, that's definitely not the um, the look that I think that they expected when uh, when Nike came out with those. I do see that they have a surplus of of helmets and merchandise when uh, Billy Napier was in town a few weeks ago, they had a, uh, an auction, uh, silent auction that you could participate in. And I think they were auctioning off there for those helmets. So um, I don't know, trying to get rid of them, I guess. Surplus, surplus, surplus. All right. So uh, in other news, actually, let's give a quick uh, shout out to our friends uh, over with Homefield Apparel. Go visit them at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM, get 15% off of your order. A lot of new things 
uh, coming down the pipe here in the not too distant future, not only for the University of Florida, but a number of other schools. I think they're in the 40s or 50s for schools. So whether it's for yourself, maybe you're an alma mater, um, you know, isn't Florida and you want to check to see what else they may have. Maybe you have a, a family friend member. Um, give them a try at homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium. All right. In other news, the Gators announced today that they will be bringing on a new uh, women's soccer coach, Samantha Bohan, I believe is probably uh, what we're going to ride with until we're uh, <laughs> told differently on a last name. She's going to be the third coach at, uh, at the University of Florida women's soccer program. Uh, she spent the last 15 years uh, with Embry-Riddle. Um, so Florida's had a bad couple of years. Um, you know, ever since Becky Burley left, uh, they did move on from their coach a few weeks ago, and Bohan is going to be coming to the University of Florida, where she helped them transition from NAIA uh, to Vision Two. Um, she went 167, 76, and 16 during her time with, I believe it's the Eagles down there yes. in Daytona Beach. Yeah. And it was, uh, you pronounced it correctly, Bohan, according to uh, the press release. How about that? Look at me. Um, took me about a year to learn Princely Uman Milan's name, but uh, we got this one on the first shot. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no thoughts. Um, welcome um, her to the University of Florida. I don't follow <laughs> a ton of women's um, soccer, um, and I certainly don't follow at the Division II level. Um, you know, a name that uh, – you know, I hadn't heard of when I had read some folks uh, write up a list, but also um, I am in no way um, capable or able of giving an accurate opinion on which coach will or no, will not be successful um, at the University of Florida. So welcome to Gator Nation. All right. So do you have any thoughts on women's soccer uh, program head coaching searches? No, I just started following soccer myself, man. <laughs> My son just started playing, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm relax on, on soccer takes, man. Great sport. Perfect. Let's see what else we have in the world of Gators sports. Uh, we do want to congratulate the women's track and field team that won uh, the SEC um, races this weekend. So they are SEC champions. Came from behind uh, on the final day, and they took home the crown. So congratulations to them. I believe the men finished in fourth. Uh, so another great weekend for the women. Um, looking forward to seeing them compete at, uh, at nationals. Uh, Gators right now, according to the USTFCCCA rankings, the women's track and field program is ranked number two nationally, and the men's program is ranked fourth overall. So congratulations to the 2022 SEC Women's Outdoor Champions. Nice. Does Mount track team, track team is always solid on, on both sides. What up, Nick? Um, what's the saying? It's like you need to give people flowers like while they're while they're still here. Like, does Mouse ever does Mouse get like the credit that he should for the men's women's track program? Yeah. Maybe it's just track doesn't get talked about. You think we yeah. should? Send, you think we should send us some actual flowers, Nick? The show. That'd be nice. 
Be thoughtful. A thoughtful. Oh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah, man. Hey, hey, your flowers. Here's your flowers, Mouse. In case nobody else sent you flowers. I like You're doing that. a great job. I think Nick, we should. You just it. tell me what kind of bouquet you want me to send. If he's a more of a roses guy, maybe a sunflower, paisies, whatever. Daffodil. Maybe give him like a, a pocket square from Hong Kong, Andy. Not you don't have to go like full. Suit, <laughs> oh, 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 Did you guys see the drip that Hong Kong Andy provided your boy in tuxedo form? Really oh, enjoyed the. I really enjoyed the blue tuxedo. Is blue? I thought it was. Still, you missed the entire weekend. You must have. Bro, I was. No, man, I was meditating. I was really like tapped. Out. I missed the whole. Uh, rest in peace to to all the victims in Buffalo. I missed that entire thing until to today, man. Um, uh, whatever you seen on social media it was really me in passing, but not really on it. Uh, so I, I missed a lot this weekend, but. I gotta go check out the, the, the drip that Hong Kong Andy bless you with, bro. Well, I just I just texted it to you. Um, and our our thoughts and prayers do go out to the the victims and families uh, in Buffalo. Um, I know that there was another incident, I believe, in San Francisco. I know that there was a foiled incident uh, in Buffalo the next day as well. So our our thoughts and prayers do go out to them. On that, um, not, not to the get like oh big drip. Yeah, big drill. Don't drown them out there, Daniel. Look at your body, sharp boy. You saw you sent your mom in this picture. Yeah, she's seen it. Yeah, you gotta see your mom pictures like this, dog. This is fun. You are the last person to see this picture. Yeah, this, I think John is the only picture from. Picture. That's the only picture. John Reese definitely saw the picture. <laughs> oh yeah, probably probably in that in the, in the high rise behind you, some binoculars. <laughs> Just waiting for me. No, nah, this this is like the type of picture. This is probably the only picture your mom got from Vegas, man. This is nice, dope. Shout out to Hong Kong Andy, man. That's, that's a big drip. Uh, but Nick, going back to your question, um, you know, we we had Mouse on the show a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I should reach out back to him to to bring him on. Um, I think that he's a guy that um does get as many flowers as you're gonna probably get. Um, you know, it's a sport that's not really shown on TV. You know, as often, it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely a harder sport to follow. Um, you know, the, the individuals that are competing in it, um, you know, aren't, you know, always as, as much in the, the limelight as, as others. But, um, you know, Mouse is considered, I, I think, by everybody to be the best track and field country or coach mm -hmm. in the country. I, and he might be collegiately the best track and field coach of all time, right? Like, that, I'm mm -hmm. saying that knowing that Oregon, you know, kicked ass for a really long time. There's a lot, been a lot of other programs that have been, you know, sustained, you know, had sustained success, pardon me. But I think mouse is, is going to be up there as yeah. one of, if not the greatest track and field coaches of all time. Uh, Malik Bryant just uh, tweeted his official visit date, June 10th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be a big need and a big get. Where do you, where do you think we, we sit with his recruitment? So um, he's the one that I'm a little iffy on, but I feel good about the rest of the Orlando guys around him. Um, I don't know. I don't think none of them are package deal or anything like that, but uh, I think Malik's a little wild card. It'd be real. Mm -hmm. you. Uh, I like where we're at in his recruitment, but um, if I could go by the momentum and what I'm hearing from like each staff, if it's down to us in Miami, I like us. Cause they, that, that, that stuff isn't what uh, everybody hyped it up to be on the trail. Um, I just seen uh, something come out from quarterback uh, Rashada, I'm thinking his name is, and um, mm -hmm. we're getting an official visit from him. And uh, I think his father is speaking and saying that, uh, that that Florida and Billy has been turning it up on the recruiting trail 
um, and, and Florida's making some noise. So, and Miami's not even getting a visit from that kid. You know, a kid they thought they was possibly landing. Um, not to bring up Miami, but um, just if if I, if I could say like just the momentum of and what I'm reading uh, from the writers, the kids, mm-hmm. if it's down to us too for Malik Bryant, I like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're unaware, Malik Bryant, six foot two, two hundred thirty five pound linebacker. But Bama's in it and others, cool. so you know. Yeah, I would. I would say everything. I would it's say us Bama. Yeah, I would say it's Florida, Bama, Georgia, with Miami being you know the. The, right. the hat, the hat that gets put on the table just to to balance out the table. Is Georgia? In it? I, I mean, I'm. Papa probably put him put it on the table. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poppy, Poppy Ortiz. Listen, I'm gonna put the hat on the table for you. Um, I think Georgia was in there. Um, I think Malik Bryant, if I'm not mixing him up with someone else, had a really good relationship with Katie Turner. Um, because I was I was trying to write a story, and I remember that first uh, right, right, that first big right. recruiting weekend. Mm. Asked a bunch of the guys, hey, what about Katie and Bree, Katie and Bree? And and a lot of the guys hadn't had many interactions with him, but Malik Bryant was one that that did because he had that relationship with her uh, previously from taking visits to Georgia. Yep, so I think he's going to continue to announce his um, official visits. I think he was one of the guys that's going to commit at the end of July. Uh, so um, June 10th for Malik Bryant ranked the – 35th? If I had to pick somebody right now, I'd go Bama for Malik. Just to keep it a buck if I had to go somebody right now, like today. Keeping it a bean. Keeping it 100. Underline, underline. Looking for what you're... What <laughs> you're dropping emojis. Yeah, looking for what you were talking about, uh, Silk, here in a second. I'll, I'll try to find it. Um I do want to talk about recruiting as a whole. I mean, we, we I think we've talked about this subject pretty ad nauseum now, um, but it does seem like Florida um, is still struggling to find their quarterback of this class. Another guy, Eli Holstein, that Florida offered and was really looking at, um, is starting to get some real momentum towards Alabama. I know that there's a lot of uh, discussions about Arch Manning uh, still looking at Florida, uh, also looking at Texas and obviously Georgia and a few other schools as well uh, as the five-star. But Florida definitely uh, is in a position where they desperately need a quarterback and and there just don't seem to be a ton of options right now. Yeah. I mean, we go back, how long ago was it when we were like – uh, Chris Vizzini, is that how you say it? Clemson. We were talking like, well, do you slow play him and, and get, you know, and wait for Arch? And um, I think, I think it would be concerning. I'm not one that gets overly concerned about recruiting, but I think you need to get a quarterback. Um, like Domino's already starting to fall. Um, I don't think Florida's in a great spot um, for Eli um, mm-hmm. Holstein. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, where do you turn to next? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know, is it Emory Williams? Is that the individual out of the panhandle? Correct. The panhandle. Yeah. I know that he's a guy that Miami's very high on. Um, I think he's Emory a two-star. Williams. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, okay. So Emory Williams out of, of the panhandle. I know that he's a two-star guy, uh, but he got offered by Miami. He's starting to get looks at by a number of Power 5 schools. Uh, I think that he's a guy that's going to probably continue to rocket up uh, the list. I don't know if Florida you know, reaches out and, and 
tries to, to get in the mix with him. But at some point, you're going to need your quarterback, and, and you obviously want one sooner rather than later just because they often do end up being the bell cow of the recruiting class. So uh, that will be probably the thing that I'm looking for uh, the most in terms of active recruiting, but it does seem – for everything that we're reading, uh, who the coaches are visiting, the travel schedule that they have. Not only do they seem to be significantly more active on the recruiting trail than the last staff um, in terms of number of visits that they're uh, completing, uh, but also the types of guys that you want. A lot of four stars, a lot of five stars, uh, and you're getting you know some great coaches and some great recruiters in front of the best athletes, and not just you know their their area recruiter or just you know their position coach, but really seem to be doing a a full-fledged uh, recruiting effort that does seem to be uh, getting everybody on the same page of, of what kind of talent we need uh, in Gainesville to, uh, to compete for another national championship. Yeah. I like that. We just coming up in, in like the conversation with uh, Rashada. I don't know where we at, mm-hmm. man. If we, if we could land him, that would be a huge get, but um, that one came out of left field for me. I one of the guys at two, four, seven wrote it, but it was, uh, he said they had, they plan to do an official visit to Texas A&M, Florida and LSU. Um, and possibly an, un- an unofficial visit to to uh, Florida as well. I think they spit uh, Brian O'Hara is the name that was brought up, um, mm. and, and it pretty much his dad saying that Florida's coming along strong lately, and you know they're gonna be coming to visit Gainesville. Uh, so that's just that's good information, and they haven't offered uh, the the kid out of the Panhandle that we you were just speaking of, uh, Emory Williams, or the Stokes kid out of Jacksonville yet, which I think is. Uh, Still, right now, a positive sign in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how well they can read a room, you know what I'm saying, as far as like reading the vibes of these quarterbacks, but uh, it appears on paper that they're getting good feedbacks from the kids that are on their board right now that they haven't offered any kids mm-hmm. uh, on the board, any new offers. No, no, no new offers went on the board yet. Yeah, and just to catch everybody up, Jalen Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California, six foot four, 185 pounds. Uh, ranked as a top five quarterback prospect in the country, uh, looking at Ole Miss, Cal Berkeley, uh, LSU, Miami, Oregon, a number of other schools. So um, definitely a guy that uh, you want. And if you can get him on campus, then, um, you know, that's the that's the first step towards securing a commitment. So uh, the sooner the better, but obviously a guy that uh, is continuing to build a relationship with um, the University of Florida and Billy Napier knows uh, Kenny Dillingham, who's Oregon's uh, – Offensive coordinators known him for for a while and has known Dan Lanning, uh, so up in Oregon. So they're definitely a school to watch out for. But now Florida has a need, and Florida is absolutely going to um, be big game hunting for this uh, recruit for this class. So getting a guy like Jalen Rashada on campus would be big for the University of Florida. I mean, the elephant in the room is all as well because I mean he's a name that has come up in some crazy NIL numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the elephant in the room. So um, we want these high profile and these blue chip quarterbacks, but we also got to be uh, mindful that you know, some business guy go down and also land these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you just do quick quick Google searches of, of Rashada's name and NIL, you'll see some of the, the numbers that are already coming up and the talks he's already having in, in, in uh, the recruiting and NIL market itself. So uh, that's just a thing to be mindful of when, when recruiting quarterbacks. It's a premium position. Mm-hmm. Those blue chip quarterbacks are are, are are just premium guys. They can ask for a different type of type of want, you know, type of check, uh, and that's just what the game is now. 
So do you think, and Nick, I want your opinion too, do you think that the way that Florida has seemingly handled Anthony Richardson's NIL opportunities, so for a guy that's not started uh, at the University of Florida, um, you know, has definitely become a household name, not only, you know, from the pundits and analysts that, that talk about football, but he seems to be a guy that is getting a lot of NIL opportunities and really put himself out there in a position to be a, um, a you know, a national face for, for college football in the University of Florida. Do you think that that's potentially playing in a little bit of to, to show how they've been able to not only build, you know, the brand of a quarterback, but be able to build a brand from a guy that's not necessarily even the starting quarterback, because I think that you could argue that Anthony Richardson's name was, was just as hot, if not harder than, than Emory Jones as a quarterback at the university of Florida, even though he wasn't playing as much. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the, the brand itself, I mean, being the university of Florida quarterback, it ain't hard to like sell what that has been mm-hmm. historically. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure like the average kid know exactly. That's why I even, I don't know how we're not like how arc board, but I'm pretty sure he recognized with like just being the quarterback at the University of Florida, what it is. Um, we got three statues out front. Um, I also think this this the Rashada kid, another take this Rashada kid probably fits the, the offense better than most of the the, the offers I've seen out uh, mm-hmm. as far as run RPO. Uh, if, if AR is the guy, I like how, how sexy a little with R, uh, AR running the RPO. Uh, after that. The rest of the roster, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And the rest of the, what I've seen us go out there in the recruiting, I'm just like, eh, I don't know if they could run RPO. But I think he could run RPO. So uh, I like that offer. We'll see what we what we get at in his recruitment. Um, but I like it. Like where we at right now. I didn't think we was in for this kid like that. Yeah, we weren't. He had a top, uh, top 10 in April. Florida was not listed. So in five weeks, Florida has – Put themselves in a position to get a visit cross country. I like it. All right. Um, I think that that just about wraps up uh, current Florida Gators news um, and other news. Josh Hammond. Up. Oh. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I'll be. Um, I'll be in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. Uh, Billy's talking to the Fort Lauderdale Gator Club, uh, so I'll be down there. Silk. Get you a press pass. Want to drive down to Fort Lauderdale? Fort Lauderdale is right down the street, man. Let's do it. Easy, easy drive. Easy uh, drive. Where you going again? Where you say you going? I ain't hear what you say. You know I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> where, um, where you going? Billy Napier is talking to the uh, Fort Lauderdale Gator Club. So I'll be down in Fort Lauderdale Wednesday night. I think it's this Wednesday. Six? This Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If you're serious, I'll pull up. I don't know if you're I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm driving. So I got to cover Florida, Florida State baseball Tuesday night. Um, driving down early Wednesday morning to get to Fort Lauderdale, cover that event that night, and then leaving Fort Lauderdale early Thursday morning to get back Jeez, to town man. for Florida and South Carolina, last three games of the season. Drive more than me, boy. That's a glamorous life. Getting home to no loving, too. That's crazy. <laughs> Empty home. <laughs> That's nuts, man. Uh, where is he speaking at, Nick? I should know that. I don't. Okay. Um, Very good. I can pull it up. I'll, I'll be there in 48 hours, and, and I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> you, you're going to paint the town red and Las Olas after? I mean, I, I'm sure I, he's going to be at an exquisite establishment. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I just gave you the rundown uh, of what the schedule looks like, and it doesn't seem like there's, uh, you know, 
lost all this time, but there could always be some lost all this time carved out. Yeah, it sounds like you just need to prioritize your schedule a little bit better. Be honest with you, lost all this time doesn't sound fun right now, bro. Does not sound fun? No, I mean, on a Wednesday night, Las Solas? Las Solas is not Yeah, I guess it is a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, bro. Las Solas. I mean, I know I could find fun, but I understand. I understand, too. Uh, Sounds a great Netflix night, man. You guys watch anything good on Netflix while we're on it? No, but I did. If we're talking washed, I did have my first big washed moment. Um, Like, like where I realized I'm washed. Mm. Um. I was looking at my looking at my yard, and it, it's tragic right now. Where we haven't been getting a lot of rain, it's getting hot in Gainesville. My grass is just getting fried, mm. um, and all of a sudden I hear thunder. And my first thought was, "Ah, oh, good, the grass needs some more. The grass needs some water." And I, I immediately was like, "Oh no! <laughs> Why was that my first thought?" Yeah. Nick you had a That's, panic attack. Yeah, I'm going crazy in the house by myself, Silk. It's yeah, bro. Nice. You ain't even got nobody to tell that to. Like, you just said that to yourself. I mean, that's why I hit you. Like, <laughs> I'm I, talking I, to myself. I'm like, ah, good. Stuff about rain and, and the dry grass, bro. This is I, I not turn like... over, look, look at the dogs. I'm like, hey, guys, that, that, that water is going to be good for the grass. We're like, hey, man, just put more food in the bowl and shut up. Oh, man. Let's see what else we've got. Nick, I do want to talk about uh, baseball here in a second. Before we do that, let's give a a quick shout out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Use promo code STADIUM at checkout and get 10% off of your order. Best vacuum seal drinkware on the market. GameTimeSidekicks.com. Hundreds of schools, athletes from multiple different sports, including college football players that you can get uh, on your cups and drinkware. Promo code stadium at checkout host gametimesidekicks.com. Got to start looking at the marquee when I'm talking gametimesidekicks.com. Nick, talk to us a little bit about baseball this weekend. The Gators beat Missouri and clinch a spot in the SEC tournament. Yeah, so uh, I, I think Friday night was was a huge night for Florida. Um, they come out right out of the gates, and, and they're hitting the baseball. They won 13, um, scored 13 runs on Friday night. Um, uh, four home runs. I think Josh Rivera hit a home run. Um, the one that was really impressive was the freshman Jack Caglianun hit a 480 foot home run. Um, that landed. Wow. That landed on top of. I, I don't. I don't know if it's an indoor facility for football or if it's an indoor facility for baseball that they have there, but it it, it made it pretty far onto the uh, pretty far onto the onto the roof of that building there. They won 13 one Friday night. Um, it was actually Florida's 17th straight win against Missouri. They hadn't lost a game to Missouri in baseball since 2015. Um, took care of that. Uh, I, I mentioned that, so I, I probably jinxed them and um, lost 5-3 to three on Saturday. And it was really just one big inning for Missouri. Um, Brandon Neely pitched, pitched well, except for the one inning. Uh, and then Nick Pogue, who, who we'll have on, um, he likes pitching in Missouri. As a freshman, he threw, uh, which was then a career high, five and a third, and struck out a then career high six. Um, so Poe comes out and, and hadn't pitched in Missouri since 2019. He was a freshman, and, and he was fantastic on Sunday, um, pulling up his line. He threw six and two-thirds, gave up five hits, three runs, uh, and struck out eight um, and get, got the win to move himself to three and two. Um 
wanted to ask him too. So he was he was cruising, rolling along, and then uh, I think he retired the first nine, and then gave up back to back home runs and a double. And um, I think Florida was down at that point, and Florida is zero and eighteen when trailing after five. So now they're down in the fourth, and I'm thinking, well, here we go again. Um, but they come through. Uh, Josh Rivera hits a big home run, and Florida gets the win on Sunday. Um, big for them. So that moves them to 13 and 14 in the SEC, and that's the number I told you guys mm-hmm. you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. Hey, you got to get to 13 SEC wins. Um, so I think Florida right now at 32-19, 13 um, has done enough to get into like, – like, don't, don't get swept by, by South Carolina. Don't, don't push it. Uh, don't mm-hmm. get swept by South Carolina and lose your first game in the SC tournament. But I think Florida's resume um, with their RPI, their strength of schedule, um, and they're playing well now. I don't know how much the committee, you know, they talk about that in basketball a lot, how much the committee considers how, what are you doing right now? How are you playing currently? Um, but they're definitely starting to hit their stride and, and they're playing their best baseball right now. So I think Florida's now done enough, um, you know, to, uh, to make the tournament. So where where is Florida? Obviously, things have seemingly gotten better, at least from a wins perspective. I know you said that Florida was in the toughest part of its schedule during that break where they were really struggling. Um, you know, it seems like pitching is getting a little bit better. It seems like bats are coming alive a, a bit more. It seems like we're scoring more runs. But, you know, where are some areas of opportunity Florida still has that they can focus on over the next, what, you said two more weeks of regular season? No, no, just, this is it. Um, oh, just the, just four, the end of this week. So we have five, yeah. five days, six days. Four, four games left, uh, FSU right. Tuesday night, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and then the – right now, so right now, Florida's in. They, they clinched getting a, um, a berth in the SEC tournament. Um, only 12 of the 14 teams do. The, the two worst teams don't get invited to Hoover. Um, so Florida's in, and now it's just about seeding. Um, I'm not sure if they have a chance to get – a buyer and I have to dig into that. I'll dig into that this week. Probably um, areas of opportunity. Like right now, Judge Judge Fabian's been, he's had a, a rough couple weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have Judd. Like there, there's just certain guys like coming into the year, I'd say, Hey, you need Hunter Barco. Obviously um, with him having Tommy John surgery, that's not, not, not getting him back this year. Um, but Brandon Sprout's kind of picked up um, in, in his absence. Uh, Brandon Neely's done really well. And then getting Nick Pogue back um, starting on the weekend is going to be huge for Florida, especially if he's going to throw the way he did against Missouri. Um, after that, you're starting to get some contributions from guys um, that had been struggling. Josh Rivera's hitting the ball really well. Um, BC Ryapel, he hasn't really struggled at all at any point this year, but he continues to to hit the ball well. Um, and, and Colby Halter, man, he, he started off – the first two, three weeks of the season, hitting the ball as well as anybody in college baseball. Um, and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, he's starting to get back. He puts together some big hits. He had a home run. Um, he, um, he is uh, a- another guy that's like, Hey, if Florida's going to make a run. They need Colby Halter to hit. They need Judd Fabian mm-hmm. to hit. Um, and-, and then you're getting some freshmen too, like Caglia Nunn and-, and Ty Evans. Ty Evans, uh tough weekend in Missouri, but, um, He's a player that, that's going to be big for Florida in the future and, and is, you know, certainly p- playing well for a freshman right now. Perfect. Well, we'll talk a little bit more baseball when Nick Pogue joins us. Um, the women's softball team um, had the uh, SEC tournament this weekend in Gainesville. 
they won their first two games. Um, they beat the 12 seed Texas A&M four to one. Uh, then they beat the number four seed Kentucky nine to three, and then unfortunately fell to the number one seeded Arkansas Razorbacks four to one. Um, the Gators will start their NCAA regional round against Canisius College um, on Friday. So best of luck to uh, the Gators. They will host uh, Canisius um, in the afternoon at 4.30 um, in their regional. Um, should they win, uh, they will play the winner of Georgia Tech in Wisconsin. Um, they are also going to uh, go head-to-head with the Blacksburg Regional. Uh, whoever wins out of both of those uh, will head to the Super Regional, and in that one is Virginia Tech, St. Francis, Miami, Ohio, and Kentucky. So uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout and rooting for uh, the Florida Gators women's softball program um, over the next couple of weeks. Nick, I know the Gators play uh, Florida State tomorrow, uh, yep. and then they play um, uh, South Carolina. You think that the Gators, obviously outside of just winning when you need to win, um, I know you mentioned some areas of opportunity, but what do you expect from this weekend? Yeah, Florida State just had a big win, um, big series win over Miami. Um Shout out to John Reese. Uh, big, big series at, at home there for them. Um, this is a game that was supposed to happen, I think, back in March. That was rained out in Gainesville, so they've rescheduled it. Um, Florida State comes in number 20. Florida's still unranked. Um, but it'll be the last uh, last game against Florida State, and, and that series is tied one apiece. So it's the rubber match and, and some bragging rights there. Um, game is sold out. Um, have my dad in town. Had to – pay aftermarket prices for tickets to get my dad mm. a ticket to the game. So I'm excited to see what uh, what the atmosphere is like on, on Tuesday night in, at Condren Park. Um, did not expect it to be sold out, but that'll be fun. And then Florida, South Carolina, I mean, you can go back to – it goes back a while. South Carolina's a really rich baseball history, um, a couple of national championships. They're a good team, um, but much better than their record shows. And if you pull their record up, I'll have it up, but if you pull the record up, they're like two games over 500, much better team than that. Um, Florida plays really well at home, so uh, a three and one week would be fantastic. A four and oh week, obviously, is better. Um, and uh, I think I think Florida's in a good position. I, I was I was starting like I mean, two three weeks ago, we're talking about like Florida's on the NCAA tournament bubble, and then uh, you get a, a road sweep in Mississippi State, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, Florida's if Florida sweeps Missouri, beats Florida State sweeps uh south carolina i'm like could they sneak into being a regional host and that's kind of how quickly things have changed i don't think florida will get that they probably have to win the sec tournament um to to move into like a hosting um hosting spot um but really just playing with my emotions these these sites that project the field of 64 for like three weeks they've been projecting florida to go to like the miami regional and then just this week, I got hit with Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I'm like, Mah. for three for a month, I've been thinking I'm gonna be hanging out with Frank and Jody in South Florida, get some Mark Light shakes, and all of a sudden mm. they're like, no, you're going to you're going to, to Brett Hattiesburg. Farr's old, you're going to, you're on the Brett Farr's old stomping ground. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll cover that from. Cover I can that see no, I can see you thriving in Hattiesburg. It just seems like your type of spot. I don't understand. He's got the Hattiesburg vibe. He's got a big Hattiesburg vibes. If somebody that's been there, Nick will fit right in with the crowd. Oh, and I do want to issue a show correction. Nick 
It's a wild Never ride. on this show will we ever give a shout out to John Ruiz. In no <laughs> sense of the word will we ever tolerate that kind of attitude on this show. He has not earned it, and his business and SPAC dealings haven't earned it either. Can you tell me, y'all oh, yeah. boys about to square up again in a couple <laughs> days. Then we'll see what's up, man. Oh, yeah. Wednesday will be fireworks. Can you give me? <laughs> um, I don't know the stock market. Went right over my head. Perfect. You don't. You don't need to. Can you give me the uh, elevator pitch version of what you were talking about with a billion? Warrants? Warrants. Nick, what we can do this offline. I don't want okay. to for a couple reasons. One, um, because I know that if I say something wrong, there will be 10,000 um, financial folks that, are, that listen to this podcast that will let me know that I misspoke on this particular word. I do want to let you know um, a couple of things. One, that the entire business is built on a very speculative uh, revenue stream that's not yet been realized. Um, I do know that their SPAC dealings that were um, going to require them to, or that were, you know, put them on track to raise a percentage of money that would allow them to be valued at a certain amount. It took substantially longer uh, than it was supposed to and didn't raise that amount. I also know that they issued warrants in order to protect uh, those that do not um, collect um, on their, their reimbursement. So we can talk a little bit more about this online, Nick, but let's just say uh, it's a bit of a paper tiger uh, right now in terms of, of where uh, MSP recovery might be um, in terms of their actual financials and, and what that valuation is. Um, he hit it really hard when SPACs were really, really popular and had unbelievable valuations. The economy's changed quite drastically in the last year. And so, so maybe some of those numbers that get thrown around aren't quite, um, you know, the numbers that they say they are. Uh, Life Wallet as a whole, however, um, if you have Apple Health on your uh, iPhone, you have uh, the version of Life Wallet um, that John Ruiz is trying to, to create. Um, it also has <laughs> no real users, no real revenue stream. And my reminder to you is if there is no revenue stream that you, the user, and your data are the revenue stream. So just remember that as you send uh, Mr. Ruiz and his company, your social security no, he, number. He uh, and you <laughs> got a new operation going on. It's, just a, it's a sports. Don't know. It's a revolution. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life while it's sports. Right. Okay. Imagine having a health app and then you're saying, Oh, by the way, we have a tangential business that focuses on NIL valuations. Um, and that on three and two, four, seven, and the rest of them have no idea what they're doing. Right. But a guy that uses, Nick. College football players to advertise for a healthcare app uh, is <laughs> certainly a, a if if uh, Life Wallet Sports give you a call and say, man, we got the bag for you, you, you bouncing from home free to go for the life. <laughs> Ruiz got that bag, bro. Listen, bro, I'm loyal to the bag. <laughs> we'll, talking, we'll have to talk <laughs> as numbers. he should be. I'm loyal to the bag, <laughs> man. You better you better get some goddamn. I'm sorry. No, you get, you get some information, Nick. <laughs> you go, yeah. Bro. Yeah, to, my information is how many room. commas are are in that salary. That's yeah, the information for one I need. year. Yeah, <laughs> Nick's gonna get paid back for on the three market weeks. In six months. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's oh, all man, about pay hey, for Nick, play. It's all about Nick's, pay for play. We're just waiting for that. Yeah, stay online, Astro. I can explain to you a little shout bit out to more. The, uh, the Life Wallet Sports app. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to that. Um, women's lacrosse, we're still waiting on Nick Pogan. Um, women's lacrosse did have a victory uh, over Mercer. They had a win over Jacksonville uh, in the NCAA lacrosse tournament, and they will head to the NC quarter, NCAA quarterfinal against number two, Maryland. 
Um, I believe the Gators played Maryland. Yep, they played Maryland earlier this year, lost 18 to 8. So we're hoping for a better um, showing from them. While looking at the schedule, I didn't know that the Gators lacrosse team played Scotland. They beat them 32 to 10. So um, a belated congratulations to them. Uh, the men's golf uh, team is in the Palm Beach Regional. They currently rank fifth uh, in that, just a couple strokes off the lead there. And I think that that about does it. You know, we're trying to buy some time before Nick Pogue comes on the show. Um, it's a good time to do how, my. I could do my manscape ad read too, right? You sure could do your manscape. Yeah, just killing time here. Shout out to the great folks at manscape.com. Be sure to use coupon code, promo code 20SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 is season for it, baby. If you ain't using it now, you are living life in a whew, ratchet manner. It's hot, it's hot <laughs> out. Like summer's here. Ball deodorant. Lawnmower 4.0 season. Um, we got some fresh new underwear coming from Manscaped on the way. Shout out to that. Uh, I ripped my last pair, man. I was moving mm. some furniture at the Kush house. Kind of did a split. Um, shout out to me, man. I'm extra flexible with the yoga these days, <laughs> dog. But kind of did a split and ripped my last pair, dog. So shout out to the new pair on the way. Um, use coupon code SGA at checkout. 20SG at checkout for 20% off. Manscaped.com. Best of the best when it comes to men grooming. I mean, that's an essential. When I was in uh, Vegas, obviously here in Tampa, I played a round of golf uh, this morning. Um, had to had to use it then. What, I mean, what that, a life. Wait, wait, wait. You just. Yeah, he's living, like, he's living days, the life that Ruiz should be living. That's what I'm saying. They got days, it mixed. Four days in Vegas. You know, you yep. think you got to come back and immediately get back to the office, oh, check no those way. emails. Dan, no. immediately the course. Yeah, no, uh, this was with some clients today, so we wrote this one off. Um, no, but great round. Um, <laughs> so, baby. Uh, a, a fantastic <laughs> round. Of course, doing deals, baby. You know how we do it, baby. Um, yeah, we, we, we played well today, Nick. Uh, played up at Hunter's Green up in uh, the new Tampa area. So if you're in Tampa, definitely check out that track. Uh, it's got some challenges. It can be narrow. Um, that's, a, that's a hell of a track. But it's getting hot out here, so the ball deodorant. Uh, is a daily fixture in my life this time of year. I still have not gotten what? you living that unrighteous. Man, if you, you ever got ball deodorant, nigga, I'm gonna give you some just use hey, regular deodorant on your balls. You cannot be walking around unrighteous like that, man. It's hot. I, I'm 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 walking around unrighteous. I haven't been given I haven't been given that in the package yet. Well, that's wild to me, Corey, for the last year that you've been on the show, Nick. Corey right. has every week told you where you can go and a promo code yeah. that you can use. On the Manscaped website. Sure has. 20 SG. And you, for the mere price of, I don't know, maybe $12. Walk around here with the sweaty balls. For yeah. yeah. You've chosen yeah. a <laughs> life crazy. of sweaty balls <laughs> instead of spending $12. Hey, now, now, I'm, now, I'm a, now I'm a bachelor be at, at home. Base, be now, now I'm alone at home. Games, just walking around. Just, mm. just musty Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, oh man. man. Hey, yeah, man. It could be a sticky situation, man. It's summertime. Get the ball deodorant, bro. Don't be living like Nick out here. All right. Nick, it's where's Paul, your boy? It's Paul coming. Uh, he, said six, he said 640. Oh, okay. Very <laughs> good. So we got three minutes. 
Um, couple of Gators in the. Um, we're just gonna work through some Gator news here. Right, here's um, yeah, we, we could pause for a second to edit it out, bro. Like, we don't have to, like just keep mm. talking. We're not live. Yeah, no, but I do want to get your thoughts. We need to get them on. Um, What's that? We need to get some some audio um, predictions here. We're in the uh, the final four of col- or of uh, the NBA season. Uh, Al Horford um, and his Celtics team, Dorian Finney-Smith's team. Uh, both made it former Gators, uh, Udonis Haslam's Miami Heat and Nick and I's Miami Heat and Chris Chioza's Golden State Warriors are the final four teams in the NBA playoffs. So another year, another year where Florida Gator, former Florida Gator is going to win an NBA title. Um, uh, Nick, I know what you and I are going to pick, but that Heat Celtics series, who do you have uh, winning that game? Or that Heat in three, baby. Heat in three. Heat and three. Love it. America's team. So, yep, what are your sure thoughts? Bro, this man said heat and three. How uh, magic give, doing? Give, give me Boston. Oh, magic. Why are you bringing magic on this show, bro? I'm, I'm just asking about your team. Actually, actually I, 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 I took a bye year. <laughs> took a bye. <laughs> my fandom took a bye year. Yeah, I didn't have time to really, like, cheer. And I know I couldn't cheer my team to the wins that they really need, man. So, um, I'm, I was a Laker fan. But I couldn't really cheer for Bron like he really needed my support. Right. Uh, so they had a down year. So you think, you think um, LeBron need? You think you think they would have made the playoffs if you had been invested? If I wasn't busy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's on you. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get it together next season. I mean, I'm gonna bounce back. But give me Boston because um, okay. I don't cheer for anything in Miami except for strip clubs. Eleven. <laughs> that's exactly. a sponsorship. That's a sponsorship we need. I think Dan's the one that could that could procure the eleven sponsorship. I think I, I think I know. I that. can't survive eleven no more. I, I had a, I had a run at it, but you just that's coming home at eight in the morning. Dan came on four. That's yeah. Home no, that I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's just not a lifestyle that I can live. I am still um, still reeling um, from this weekend. And I mean, there was a lot of Bender vibes. I know we talk a lot about them, but it really wasn't that type of weekend where we went <laughs> that hard. But but at four fifteen. Uh, you know, walking to your hotel rooms just is for the birds. Uh, Nick Pogue is waiting for us, so let's give you your quick thoughts. Um, we've got the uh, the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Um, I'm going Golden State, Nick. Mavs. I'm, I'm gonna go uh, a, a, re, a redo of what year was that? Mavs that was finals 2011. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's when they had JJ Beret and his annoying uh. uh defensive hey, give me Steph man been there done that you know mm-hmm. ready for the big moment big shooter you know and all that man so oh whoa whoa, whoa. Did this, oh lost Dan I don't know I'm surprised we didn't lose the show yeah uh, since he launched it but uh, yeah give me give me Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors man and and I'll take uh Boston I, and I like Steph to get another ring perfect you're just, well, hate, you're just being a hater yeah Heat and three, and then heat and four. Uh, yep. We do have Nick Pogue waiting. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go to alumnihall.com. Use promo code 20SG, probably SG20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off of your order from now until June 15th. Maybe you want to get your baseball shirt. Maybe you want a women's track and field SEC championship, whatever it might be. Go visit home field. Go visit alumnihall.com. Use promo code SG20. Nick, I thought you was Malcolm X for a second, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Pogue. I like your glasses, man. I'm clean, bro. Nick, uh, first off, how's your your head? Um, Uh, Did you get your glove on the ball? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Thankfully, I got most of my glove. Um, kind of just stunned me more than anything. It's very, very blessed. I was able to get that that glove on it for sure. I, I sent the video to Silk, and, and uh, we were trying to talk to him. He was just he checked out of the show watching it. I was trying to see if it connected or not. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell, man. No, no, no. I, I kind of laid there for a second because uh, it happened so quickly, and I wasn't able to really tell until like afterwards. My head felt fine after. It just kind of stunned in the moment. You're probably too young for this reference, but it's like uh, Cool Runnings. It's like the Sanka. You dead man? Yeah, no. that's, that's, yeah. I, I don't know that reference. Cool Runnings. Real quick that's story, man. Rest. Real quick. Do you see this car right here? Yeah. I was pitching, man. I was 11 years old. Pitch a ball, came back, boom, knocked me out, man. Woke up in the hospital. Wow. I never pitched again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I retired, dog. He could have been one of the greats. Yeah, if I retired. not for that, man. he would have had a, a long MLB career, if not for yeah. that one pitch. No, I, was, I, was not a, I was not even a good, a good pitcher. We were just blowing the team out, and I was begging to get on the mound. So my dad like, yeah, get out there. And I get smacked in the face with the ball. I'm like, it's like, that'll teach you. Oh, man, so – so Nick, you're ahead, recapping Nick. the we're recapping the series a little bit. I want to know what is it that you like about that turf mound so much? Um, back in 2019, freshman year, you had a, you had a great outing there, and then and then another one on Sunday night. Sunday um, yeah, I was kind of wondering the same thing. Me and my coaches were talking about that. Um, I, I don't really know what it is up there that uh, I pitched so well at, but um, I think it was just a very big start for me getting. Uh, you know, the rubber match on Sunday, getting the ball for that. Um, I try to give my team the best chance to win on Sunday. I'm competing uh, with the best stuff that I had that day. And, you know, the results kind of take care of themselves. So, Where is the uh, – we were talking about, uh, I think it was before Mississippi State, I said uh, Gators need to get to like 13 wins in, in SEC play um, to like make the NCAA tournament. And that's not even a conversation we're used to having talking about Florida baseball. Um, but where's the team at now, kind of confidence wise? Obviously, it was a, a rough stretch with Vandy um, and Arkansas and, and Tennessee. Um, but getting a sweep at Missouri, getting three straight SEC wins, where's the team's vibe right now? Um, yeah, it's we're all very confident. I think we were very confident even after that tough stretch because we know what we can do. We just weren't playing our best baseball as a team. Um, I think that sweep at Mississippi State kind of got us going. Um, and then obviously this past weekend at Missouri uh, was a big confidence booster. It was a tough series, but it was, it was a good series to win. Um, and then, you know, we got Florida State, obviously, tomorrow and South Carolina to end the season. So I think we're in a really good spot right now. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you, um, I guess just I like to start from the beginning because it gives us a little bit of perspective about where you're at now. How old were you when you got into to baseball as like an idea that you could – do something with it what was it like in in high school obviously I know you got drafted when you were in high school as well and then ultimately deciding on the University of Florida talk to us a little bit about how your your life played out up until this point um yeah actually I was really my main sport growing up was soccer um I was always big into soccer baseball is kind of like my side thing I really enjoyed soccer growing up and then right around 14 or 15 I kind of grew out of that obviously um uh and I didn't really pitch much um up until I was probably 14 or 15 my dad kind of took me slow into getting into that. And then like my freshman to sophomore year of high school is when I turned into a pitcher only. Um, that wasn't really a tough decision for me. I wasn't fantastic at hitting, nor did I really like it as much as pitching. Um, so yeah, it was kind of quick, quick change for me. Um, and then I came to a few camps uh, in the fall and in the winter here at the University of Florida. My dad came here, so he kind of encouraged me to just check it out and see how I liked it. And um, it was kind of, 
uh, based uh, just with, you know, Florida State, Florida, and UCF are my final three. And believe it or not, I was very close to committing to Florida State. Um, they were showing me a lot of love and then came here. My dad was like, we already signed up for the camp, you know, just go see how you like it. And then right when I got on campus, I was like, yeah, I think this is going to be it. And then Sully and Craig and all the coaches coming to my games as much as possible, showing that they really wanted me kind of made it an e easy decision for me. So. Perfect. And, and I have a, a rooting interest in this and uh, you'll tell you here in a second. Uh, I'm curious, you, you guys brought on a new baseball coach, Coral Springs high school legend, like myself, David Kopp um, into the, uh, into the fold uh, this off season. What's uh what's, coach cop and like he's been fantastic i think uh for a guy who's played for sully too i think he kind of knows where we're all at he's helped a lot of the young guys and helped a lot of the older guys mentor mentor some of those young guys so um i think he's been huge for us i think he's been huge for like kind of what to expect not so much for the older guys but for the younger guys when you know the lights come on how sully reacts and you know how it's supposed to be and you know kind of like what to expect so what was that? Uh, I guess you, I guess because it, it changed. I remember the first time um, I watched Cop go out for a mound visit. I was like, "What?" Because it's always been Sully. Um, but I don't think you were back yet, and, and Sully's kind of taking that back over. Um, has have you had Cop for a mound visit in a game? Uh, yeah, I've had him a couple of times. Yeah, I remember everyone watching that for the first time. I was like, "Oh, that's new. That's interesting." Uh, <laughs> I think they started out to where he would go out for all the visits themselves, unless Sully really had something to say or wanted to say. Um, but then for all the pitching changes, obviously Sully will go out there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I think he's, he's very calming. Uh, he's not so much, you know, talking about what you're doing. He's just kind of seeing what headspace you're in on the mound and just trying to calm you down and kind of make light of everything that's going on. So I think that's been good. Is that what a mound visit mainly is, is just to try to calm you down and, and get your mind maybe focused on something else or. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it depends on the guy. And also I think it depends on the coach too, going mm -hmm. out there. You know, I think Sully may have a few different things to say. Like if he's, you know, thinking about something that just happened where <laughs> you have a freshman out there in his first big environment, I think it's more to calm him down and just kind of go back to the basics. Whereas like a, for like an older guy like Spro, let's say on a Friday and he's starting to struggle a little bit, I think the mountain visit may be different for him. You know, mm -hmm. so I think it just depends on the guy and the coach. Much more tactical or like, hey, here's the scouting report, this, this next guy coming up instead of like a, Freshman out there, hey, take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, There's eleven thousand yeah. people here in Fayetteville. Just take a deep breath. You're fine. Yeah, and I think B having BT this year come in has been great with that too. I think he's very good at the mound visit. Um, a lot of the times with him is we kind of talk about the pitch we want to throw next. We won't even put a sign down. We'll just talk about how we want to attack this next guy, get out of it, and then get ourselves uh, in the dugout and give our uh, team a chance to hit. So mm -hmm. I think that's big. What's What's your uh, mental exercise? Or what are you telling yourself when you when you're struggling on the mound? Like, what's your, what's your process of calming yourself down before you, you get the mound call? Yeah, um, I think, you know, coming back from, from injury has been tough, especially through the struggles that I've had um, at times this year. Um, I think when you, you get the call to start, I think you have a lot of positive, and, you know, feelings and also negative. Um, I think they come and go, and I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt. And, you know, I, you kind of expect it especially after you've been struggling. Um, there's obviously negative thoughts that will come in, but you just have to kind of trust, you know, what I've done for the last year, year and a half, and not worry so much about the results because the results will take care of themselves. And, you know, I know I've prepared as much as I can for the start or for the outing I'm about to have. So, Yeah, let's – Um. so if you're a freshman year, um, you pitched well. 
Um, especially pitched really well in the S- in SEC play, and obviously 2020 um, get gets cut after 17 games. Um, Nick was probably, I would say, you know, from all the fall scrimmages I go to in, in 2021, was like right there with Tommy Mace, and I was like, either one of these guys could start on Friday. Um, and then obviously you have the, the UCL injury and have to go through Tommy John. What it, it's interesting because it's. I guess from the outside perspective, not having to have to go through the surgery, you're like, oh, it's common. It ha- everyone's getting, everyone gets Tommy John. It's it's a 12 month thing, and then you're back and you're fine. Um, I, I'm guessing that's not like the the first thought that you have when the doctor tells you that you have to do it. What what was going through your mind because it was so close to the season as well. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of try to make it like a positive experience as possible. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the best time for me to have it if I was going to makes me ready uh, to pitch some this season. But, you know, it, it happened so quickly, like a week and a half, two weeks um, before the season even started. Uh, got the MRI and like three or four days before the season started, I was having the surgery. So it just happened very quickly. And, um, it, yeah, like you said, it's a lot of people think it's so common that they don't really understand the mental struggles you go through on a daily basis with the rehab and – you know, some of the sleepless nights you get after surgery because it's very uncomfortable to sleep. Mm. Um, and I really thought that was going to be the toughest part. And the toughest part for me was coming back to the mountain, trusting my stuff and being able to find my groove again because it's so hard once you step on that mountain in front of all those people. It's it's just a different feeling you can't replicate. So I don't, I don't want to plant like any negative thoughts, but are, when, you, when you're talking about that, are you like worrying about like the first time? Negative thought. Well, no, no, no. Like the first time you get back on the mound in, in, in inner squad, and like the first time you try to throw a slider, are you like worried? Like, oh, can I do this? Am I? Do you take something off of it? When do you finally get back to the point where you're just like, hey, I just need to throw my stuff? Yeah, um, I think I've gotten to that point. I think subconsciously your body still has, you know, some reservations about Push it back a little bit. Yeah, I think because uh, my dad's a PT, he's done this before mm-hmm. a lot with a lot of guys. He said around the 18th month to two year mark is kind of when you really pick back up your velocity gets going again. Um, you know, so I think it's just it's a time thing. I don't think really you can change anything mentally. I think I'm in the the best mental headspace I've been in a long mm-hmm. time with this. So I think it's just trusting the process and you know keep going at it day by day. You hear that, Silk? He said, "Shut up, Nick." Not listening to you. I'm in the great headspace. Oh, man. Nick, Nick talking all that. that <laughs> Nick Pole yeah. uh, for the listening. Nick Pole talking all that lingo, man. I like everything he was saying right there, bro. Um, Nick, I know that this is a, a conversation that's we're, we're starting to see more of these electronic uh, pitch um, relayers. I don't know. They, I'm sure they have an official name. Uh, you have any thoughts on those? I mean, they seem to be more prevalent now in, in major leagues, and, and I think we saw Missouri using them this weekend. Is that right, Nick? Uh, they were actually using like just numbers from the coaches, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the, the teams like Vanderbilt and oh, other, Vanderbilt, that's who it was. Yeah, other teams throughout the SEC have started to use it. I heard uh, we may have been trying to get that here through these last couple of weeks of the season. I'm not sure if that'll actually happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, started using them next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not really, I don't like or dislike them. I think just, you know, getting the signs from the catcher works perfectly fine. I think having multiple sign sets doing like how it's always been done is, is a good way to do it. Um, I think other teams have different philosophies, but mm-hmm. that's, that's their opinion about it. So I hate the uh, pitchers with the wristbands. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone does. And it just looks so goofy. It's like, you've got like a quarterback wristband on and then you're staring at the dugout and then down at your wrist and now you're pitching. It's like, yeah. 
give well, the catcher the give the catcher the pitch, let him relay it and, and play baseball. Yeah, yeah. Especially with what they teach here, you know, quick pace in between pitches mm-hmm. and getting down the mound quick. I think that just takes a lot of time in between pitches, whereas you know, VT or Mac hears it from Sully, he gives a pitch and we just go, you kind of keep it keep it moving. What was uh what was you mentioned BT earlier? What was like him showing up? Um, I, I, I gave him I gave him his props uh, as the best walk up song on the team, um, but, but he, he walks up to uh, "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, so, yeah, he um, said he's had that all four years of, of college at Coastal. So uh, yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite with that song. What no, no, um no, what no, what was he like? Oh, sorry, go ahead, so. No, 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 go finish that question. Finish that question. What what, what was he like? Because he comes in um, smaller school. Um, but an older guy, um, someone who has some experience, does he fit right in? Does he kind of like get in where he could fit in? What was it like when he first got to campus? Yeah, um, I actually, me and him lived together this year, me, him, oh, and cool. Chris. So, um, yeah, I've gotten to see him on and off the field. But, I mean, on the field, he's great. He's a very outgoing person. You know, he's very excited, very positive attitude every single day, no matter what, you know, if we just lost the series, swept the series, it, it didn't matter. He showed up every day the same BT. Um, I think he's he's a great mentor for the young guys, getting them through tough innings. Um, I think he's just a great presence on the field because you want your catcher to be your leader on the field. So I think he fills that role perfectly. Elaborate on that that pacing in between uh, the pacing in between pitches. Um, yeah, so a lot of the uh, like kind of what they teach here, Sully. Um, you know, as you get the ball, he kind of wants you to not really so much think about you know what's going on, just getting on the mound and. You know, making the hitter as uncomfortable as possible. I think, uh, you know, working quick doesn't really give the hitter a lot of time to think or get kind of comfortable in the box. And I think that's a main thing as to what we strive for here. Gotcha. You guys were you guys were not making any friends early on in the year. Like it was like the first like eight games. Every team, every game, at some point looked back at the umpire and was complaining <laughs> about quick pitching. Yeah, Sully, Sully loves it. And then you know when they. <laughs> When they do call time, when we're in the middle of the windup, Sully will will let them hear about it. But uh, yeah, every every time every time we have a practice and we talk about things like that, he just keeps reemphasizing, you know, working quick, making it more comfortable. You know, it's 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 your mound, it's your time, you control it, and don't let the hitter control it. I like it. Hmm. Um, Nick, I, I know you're. I've got two questions. Um, one is, I know you were drafted right out of high school. Is that something that you, you thought of um, when you did get drafted by the Rockies, or were you pretty set at just heading straight to college? Well, um, I was probably like 95% on coming to school. You know, yeah. I obviously, you know, heard uh, what they had to say about it and all that, but my mind is pretty pretty much set on coming here. I think uh, um, my parents have been a huge part of my life. They've mm-hmm. emphasized how important school is, so we've always had that um, – kind of mindset of always coming to school, getting my degree. And then, you know, cause baseball will be there after college, whereas college you can only go to once. So. Well, and then you, you came in, you got your degree in three years. You were, and I just want to make sure I get all of your accolades here. You were sec first year academic honor roll, uh, 2020 academic honor roll, 2021 uh, sec academic honor roll. And then you graduated uh, last May uh, degree in psychology. You're getting your master's right now or. So. It's kind of a one-year degree in, um, like, degree certificate in, in sport okay. management. It's kind of keep me um, eligible for the season, but also taking some classes. So, because, like, if I were to sign this year, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have started, like, a year of my master's and then have to pick that back up, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I choose to do that. So, just it's easier this way. Gotcha. But that's awesome, man. Great job. Thank you.
Well, that that feeds into the next question, which I guess has to be asked. Um, everyone has a COVID year, so you know, um, I think you you know you're you're obviously draft eligible, but you you would still have an opportunity to come back. So is that something you just kind of see how the rest of the season plays out, how the draft handles uh, handles itself, and, and make a decision after the year? Yeah, um, I honestly we were thinking about you know me going to play somewhere in the summer if I wasn't going to be able to pitch a ton, just coming off the injury. But these last couple of weeks, I've been able to get some more starts. And so if it keeps up the way I want it to, I don't think I'll need to do that. And I think the draft will take care of itself. And if it, if it doesn't, then, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be back here. So Nice nice place to pitch. I remember uh, I remember messing with Tommy about that um, before, like, the COVID year and all that. I was like, man, you, you could you can come back and, and pitch, in, pitch in this nice ballpark again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was nice to have both of them, him and Jack, back last year. Mm-hmm. What um, I think I, I can't remember who was talking about it. When, when, when did you guys have like a realization? Um, and it probably happens with every team. Um, you kind of probably take it for granted because you guys have been every day, five days a week, six days a week since the fall, um, practicing. When did it hit you guys that like, hey, this season's almost over, um, and this is the last time this team will play? Because it seems like at some point, you know. Um, I saw the video after Sunday's win and there was no Rufio. It, it was like broken up with family. And I'm like, when did the, I guess the realization that, Hey, we can't take any games for granted, any days for granted. Cause our, our days are limited as a team together. Um, yeah. I mean, I think throughout the struggles, obviously everyone's thinking about that. Um, but I think we just, we all came together as a team and we're saying, you know, this, yeah. Like some of these guys may not play baseball at all after this year and summer, mm-hmm. obviously freshmen are going to come back. So it's the last chance we really have because in pro ball, it's not the same team environment as it is in college baseball. So I think we all just kind of realize we have to come together, play for each other and, you know, not really worry about so much the wins and losses because they'll take care of themselves. But we all believe if we play our best baseball, the wins will take care of themselves. So, um, yeah. And for me coming off the injury, I've definitely been able to see that more than anyone, you know, knowing that, you know, not every pitch is, is going to be, there the next day you know you have to be appreciative that you can throw today and because it can just change like that so good words of advice um nick uh, as as we wrap up we we want to move off of baseball we want to find out some of your favorite restaurants in uh in gainesville um yeah believe it or not i haven't been to any one of these um these high-end steakhouses in gainesville oh uh, nick will take you yeah, I'm going to, eligible. I'm, yeah, we, yeah, we need to right. wrap up here. Ember was closes mm-hmm. at nine, and I got to get to dinner tonight. We're going tonight. He need friends, bro. He ain't got no his old lady out of town for months, bro. He need yeah. to eat with <laughs> him, bro, man. Um, you need a friend next there. Yeah, I uh, there's a couple. Um, I'm big into Mexican food. I've always liked Chewy's. Um, but just kind of like you know the staples, like a big in Chipotle. I know uh, Nick is a big Mo's over Chipotle mm-hmm. guy. I've seen it. Um, that's tough. That's but tough, that's I, tough I actually the last year I've been big into like kind of cooking my own meals five or six times out of the week as much as I can. I know it's harder throughout the season when we get food and we're always on the road, but I've been big into kind of changing into that. So how many times a week did Nathan Hickey eat relish? Um, I never really saw him mm-hmm. always going, but from what I heard at least like three or four times a week, mm-hmm. it was a lot. I don't blame him. Yeah, it is, yeah relish is good. And the way, he, the way he was playing, I don't think anyone's going to tell him no. So no, no, not at all. The baseball players, y'all get, y'all get, y'all, y'all diets get to be a little bit more funkier, bro. Y'all don't have to work out the same either. 
Yeah, it's different. You know, we have all shapes and sizes for guys. So, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> all shapes all and sizes. Shapes and sizes. Yeah. That's definitely the name of the show. <laughs> that's yeah, the episode, all shapes and sizes. Um, Listen, Bartolo Colon, big sexy. That that is that is the body of peak performance. Yeah, but then you have guys like Noah Syndergaard who are you know ripped out of their minds and mm -hmm. in the big league. So it's 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 definitely an interesting sport when it comes to that. So where uh, where are you going? Midtown, downtown? Which bars are you going to? Oh, I don't really go out. Oh. Um, this is my guy I mean, here, bro. They got Malcolm yeah, glasses, man. He got all the right, you know, positivity stuff. He's speaking that lingo. No, he ain't got time to party. Yeah, man. Coming off an injury, he can't be doing that. It's definitely things yeah. like that will hold me back. So I, I try to come back as quickly as I could. Um, yeah, for this past year, I've really just kind of watched how I ate, like my nutrition, my workouts, my supplements, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So this year's been really big on that for me. That's why Nick Pogue uh, has been drafted, is playing at Florida, will be drafted again, uh, well, and did, why man. I played Division Three baseball. Because uh, mm -hmm. if I had Tommy John, I would have been in my sling at Salty. I would have been uh, the entire year. I would have been doing my PT Salty uh, at that social. Yeah, getting that <laughs> buffalo mac and cheese. Yeah. Would, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and several drinks. <laughs> Yeah, I've been around you. Se several is is anywhere between eight and twelve, Nick. Um, right, Nick, my sponsor, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you keeping your private business your business, right? Uh, Nick, um, I'm not sure if you're big on uh, in social media, but let everybody know where they can follow you. Oh uh, wait, Corey, you Corey, oh. yeah, you're skipping Corey's question. Oh, best hands on the team, Nick. Best hands on the team. Best hands on the team. I'd probably have to say Josh, you know, being our shortstopper, middle infielder. No, 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 not, no, no. not those hands. Uh, he thought he was no. getting out of here easy. No, no. Old-fashioned fisticuffs. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen many guys fight around here. I can, I can tell you that. Yeah, baseball fights are bar. baseball you fights are more yelling and, and pushing. Yeah, they're they're all they're all show. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best trash talker on the team then? Ooh, best Josh trash is talker. Loud. BT's good. BT, he's I wouldn't call him a trash talker. I think he stands up for our team as a whole. Um, I think Tucker Tucker Talbot's a good trash talker though when it comes to just individual guys. But I think BT's a good uh, kind of role model and sticking up for our team as a whole. Um, I noticed that, so I'm normally at the games, um, but I noticed because I wasn't in Missouri. Ryan Slater looks a little bit like a psychopath on the mound. They like Whoa. zoomed in on him and he was just like talking to himself. Really? Like, almost like, Ma like, like Max Scherzer, like, like grumbling angrily to himself on the mound. I'm like, okay. Well, he's a here? super, super quiet kid off the field. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's always guys like that who are way different on than they are off the field. Um, that wouldn't surprise me though. I, uh, going back to David Kopp, he's kind of uh, taught us a lot about the mental game. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he was doing. Looks like it. B and BT reminds me of a like miniature version of, of Sully. I got more yeah. questions, man. Both catchers, both they very similar. Yeah, very, very similar. Very, you know, heart heart of a lion type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good comp. Nick, what type good of comp. mental exercises do you do like we like to stay tapped in as a pitcher? Because it's such a mind game. Yeah, yeah. Um this past year I've actually worked with a mental performance coach. Um you know, just kind of honing those skills in because I think those are just as important as your skills on the field. Um, so 
a lot of it is just kind of being being where your feet are and not really worrying about the past or the future, just kind of worrying about the present moment. Um, cops been big into that too. A lot of the stuff we've talked about uh, relates to mental performance. I think one of the big ideas with us that we've uh, been thinking about the last week or so is, you know, the first, like 200 feet in front of you. Uh, the analogy he used is if you're going to drive across the country in the middle of the night, you know you can get there, but you can only see 200 feet in front of you with your headlights. I think that's just kind of how we look at the season is, you know, our 200 feet right now is Florida State. It's not South Carolina. And, you know, as a pitcher, my 200 feet would be my first inning, getting those first three guys out, even to get into more details, my first pitch, my first batter, working that guy, getting him out, and then worry about the next guy. So I think right. that's a big thing that I've been working on. No. Nick, you're on mute. Yeah. You- I don't know how much you guys get out. What's the best SEC town you visited? Um, I would have to say Nashville, but that's a little biased because it's being Nashville. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Athens when okay. I passed uh, my freshman year and then this year. So, yeah, I've been there two years. I think probably that. You don't get, you don't get to go to Athens, man. So, that's a, that's good to hear. Yeah, Athens for sure. Football fans don't really. Never been to Athens. I've never been to Athens and Auburn. I've been everywhere else. And there ain't nothing in Auburn. There's Auburn High School, Auburn University, and that's it. Yeah, there was nothing in Starkville, that's for sure. No, no, there's nothing in Starkville. Um, what what year was what year did we go there with Mullen? It was his first year, so that must have been like six, 17. Yeah. Um, my buddy who covered Mississippi State, he goes, Oh yeah, we got a Burger King last year. And I'm like, What do you mean you got a Burger King? He's like, Oh, it's it was the first one in Starkville. I was like, excuse me? The year <laughs> the year 2018, 17 of our Lord, and you're just getting Burger King in Starkville. I'm like, what is happening? So, yeah, yeah, we we uh, when we flew in, all we saw was just a little town, and you could see everything in it. And that's about it; it's just woods everywhere. That's it. Just a little, little outcropping of in, in between the woods. Yeah, but those those fans filled that stadium up for sure. So, well, not a lot, of, not, not a lot of other options yeah. there. No, well, the Burger King's closed for the game. Yeah, <laughs> the, whole, the whole town shuts down. The BK mm-hmm. Lounge is closed until yeah. uh, until the ninth inning's over. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, Nick, we'll let you run. Uh, where's a, a good spot where people can follow you on social media and continue to root on you in your career? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is underscore Nick Pogue underscore. Um, that's usually mainly where I'm at. So, Hey, man, Perfect. thanks for hanging out, Nick. Appreciate the conversation, man. It was dope. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate man. Best of luck with everything. The way, man. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon, brother. See ya. Nick Pogue, good conversation. Old list. Sharp guy. Sharp guy. Sharp guy. Silk was into it right away. Yeah, man. I knew what time it was, man. He came. I mean, you just can't wear them glasses if you ain't serious about life, man. <laughs> Trust anybody with them glasses on, man. I, I told you. No, nah, I'm just. I'm just playing. <laughs> nah, but no, nah, he's a sharp kid. Though. I liked it, man. Dope conversation. Like it's my. Nick, is there any like prospectus out there about when he might be drafted or? Um, so it's interesting. So, so like when, like your question, like he was drafted 33rd round, he's a kid who, um, when he first showed up to Florida, um, he was throwing 93, 94. Um, he's big. He's a, he's six foot five, 200, you know, 20, 30 pounds. He's a big guy. Um, so he, his velocity, like he was just telling you is not back to where it's at. So that was the interesting question to me was, okay, well, do you come back and bet on yourself? Um, Mm -hmm. again, um, or do you, He's got. He'll be drafted in the top ten rounds, um, and and then you just have to kind of figure out 
should I come back and, and, you know, get my velocity back to where it was? Cause like Sunday when he's pitching, he was maybe <clears throat> topping out at 90. Um, and, and so the, it's not back to where it was pre-surgery. So do you wait and, and prove it next year and try to go top three rounds? Um, but typically guys who are, you know, juniors, um, and like he said, he's already got his degree. Um, if you get drafted in those, in those first 10 rounds, you'll, you'll typically sign. Dope. Oh, Rudamon. Well, Nick, I think you have the song of the week. I'm yeah. not mistaken. A lot of new music out. A lot um, of new music. Oh, man, that kid is so cold, bro. I had a whole that, moment with that song before this. I had told Dan, give me a moment, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Oh, Let's man. Go. That Kendrick album is different, man. I love it. What you got, uh, Nick? What you like off of there? I'm going to go, uh, since I'm going down to South Florida, um, mm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Silent Hill. Shout out to Bill. Shout out to Kodak Black. Shout out to Kodak. Silent Hill. Kenny Lamar and Kodak. Already, man. Same corner, same time, brethren. Same corner, same time. See you boys next week. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why you keep fucking with me? You gon' make me jump out my skin. Push these niggas off me like Push these bitches off me like Push these niggas off me like Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes I'm pushing them all off me like Pushing them all off me like Yeah <laughs> I be immune to shit Tucking the broom and shit Done with the zoom and shit Know you a joke, my ass is the closer Holla at the moon and shit Know the results, the ballot is in Man, I'm about to boom again You funny, dog. Can't hide behind your money, dog. A week or two, I meditate on running loss. Swear, 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 shake the currents off. Yeah. Push these niggas off me like Push these bitches off me like Push these niggas off me like Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like Pushing them all off me like Yeah. Head up, chest out, silence. I'm stressed out, shh, be quiet I'm stressed out, stressed out, stressed out, stressed Hit my daughter up, she need all the love I need all the love, I mean all of us It's like six o'clock, bitch you talk too much You making it awkward love, I mean it's hard enough I mean it's They don't fuck with me even if they could Pull out the stick, hit a bitch with the wood First part road was breaking the hood Don't worry about us over here, we good I ran my whole conglomerate, I was just mapping shit out in the cubicle Suicide coat is a funeral, track hard lunch like a slingshot Big ol' ruby diamond on my pinky finger, that bitch look like a green pop Money on my mind, money on your head, can't ride three times when you coming through the jazz Red cross cap a nigga fed, in the studio with Kayla, I fresh out the feds Yeah, you niggas can't stand the rain, niggas don't stand a chance Yeah, shuffle like candy paint, I spin the bin in the bands I call the bill off of Google out. I'm the type to get my shooter wet. I had to survive off a tuna pack. Five percent tent on the wheel, like who's that? Who take off like it's mad? Be the dope with a folk, I'm whipping up super fat. I'm doing scams in the lab. Every Thursday, girls they spend the time with my daughter, make me go harder. Every
Sunday, Sunday, teach my boy to be a man, I ain't had no father. Been in love with the block, I ain't had no part, just saw those shotgun marbles. Stacking them on a proper awkward diamonds, look like marbles. Out of my water, awkward, beating the block or two, he spelled him. I don't want your ice, but I want your life, but fuck it, I still might rob him. Push these niggas off me like, push these bitches off me like, push these niggas off me like, pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like, pushing them all off me like, yeah. Head up, chest out, silence. I'm stressed out, be quiet. I'm stressed out, stressed out, stressed out, stressed out.